Time to get legal here with attorney at county law, Karen Conti. Let's start by talking about this uh, Alec Baldwin shooting, Karen. The uh, Santa Fe DA says uh, nothing is ruled out at this point and, quote, there were an enormous amount of bullets on the set. We need to find out what kinds they were. Uh, what, what do you think is going to happen here? Well, you know, there's a big difference between criminal acts and, and civilly uh, negligent acts. Uh, and where that line gets crossed is not quite clear. But I do know that prosecutors, when they are deciding whether or not to charge somebody, they will look at the public attention to, to the crime or to the issue. And they will look and see, you know, if something they do in, in prosecuting might help in the future change the way things are done. And that's a legitimate prosecutorial decision. And so my guess here is that while this may not be something that would technically cross that line, I think the prosecutors are going to really look at the facts here. If there were bullets on the set, why were there why would there ever be bullets on a film set? And there was there's rumors, you know, that online that say that there were a couple of uh, misfires in the past week before this horrible incident. And, you know, then there were problems with safety and certain union members were walking off. So if you look at all of those things and if those things are in fact true, perhaps the prosecutors could say that this negligent situation escalated to a reckless situation that might warrant some sort of involuntary manslaughter charge against somebody. And it may not be Baldwin. Mm-hmm. It may be the person who handed him the gun or who was responsible for the gun. For sure. Uh, Let's talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, trial. And uh, what did you make of the judge's pretrial rulings, Karen? Well, they're all very interesting because the question was, can we, uh, the people who uh, were killed, uh, the prosecution wanted to refer to them as victims. And the judge says, no, you can't call them victims because you haven't decided yet whether or not there, there was a murder. Uh, and, of course, the uh, defendant's lawyers want to be able to refer to them as rioters and looters. And the judge says, well, you can call them that if it's proven that they were rioting or looting. But I really look at this case as a very interesting case in jury selection, Bob, because as I've said before in your show, jury selection is really crucial in cases. But in this one where it's so polarized, I mean, is this guy a patriot and a gun rights uh, you know, advocate or is he a domestic terrorist? You know, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's what those, those are the kinds of people you're going to want to look for on the jury. People who will view him one way or the other, because then they're going to pre be predisposed, um, you know, one way or the other. Also in the news, the Senate hearings um, regarding TikTok and Snapchat, uh, YouTube, Facebook. How, how does the First Amendment play into all of this, Karen? Well, these are fascinating uh, hearings. Uh, they're long, and they're, they're, but I think it's worth looking at some of the clips here because it's pretty clear that these social apps are really targeting young people, and not 13 and under, but 13 to 15, with stuff like driving fast and, and buying cigarettes and alcohol and, 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 and inducing uh, eating disorders. And these are real things. And I, I really think that we're, we're going to have to have some regulation. I think both sides of the aisle agreed to this, and there have been some uh, laws proposed. I think we're going to pass them. Um, I think that it's impossible to uh, to deal with these issues unless you have some regulation, because self-regulation is not working. And how they're going to do it? 
going to be very difficult, uh, but the children in this country are, are obviously suffering because of it. Of course, parents have to take some responsibility here for regulating their kids' use of these platforms, correct? Yes, and so what I was hearing when I was watching this is, as a person who does some family law work, I'm thinking to myself, now that we all know that these apps are so harmful to children and encourage them to start bad habits like alcohol and cigarettes and driving fast at an early age, you know, I really think that parents are going to now come under scrutiny if they allow their children to spend a lot of time on these apps without protections. And it could be even a child welfare issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's risen to that level. Do you have a nice uh, Halloween legal story, a case you know about uh, to end with this morning? <laughs> I love Halloween. It's like really my favorite holiday. There was a case back in the 90s. It was such a good case. It came out of Michigan. Is everyone really scared? I think we need some scary music there. We'll work on that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so so uh, this guy dresses up as little Bo Peep and, and a sheep for Halloween, and he uses cotton balls by Johnson & Johnson. And he, well, he lit a cigarette during the party, and guess what? <laughs> guess what? It, he caught on fire. And he sued Johnson & Johnson, and he went to trial, and he got a verdict of $625,000 reversed on appeal because the appellate court said... You don't need a warning on a cotton ball to say that it's flammable. <laughs> I hope he didn't spend his money too soon. It got, so, <laughs> right. so he won, and then it got thrown out, huh? It got it got thrown out, yep. So <laughs> everyone should be aware that cotton balls are flammable. <laughs> <laughs> Duly noted. Yeah. Ooh, there oh. You like that? <laughs> Karen Conti, attorney at law, <laughs> scaring us this morning. Talk to you next week. Thank you, Karen. All right. Take care. <laughs> News coming up next at 7 from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.